Welcome back to Classic Mix-Up, episode, I think, 18. Is that right? All right, episode 18, we're back. Classic Mix-Up podcast. I'm Rosario. And I'm Riley. Welcome back, everybody. We have a good a good episode for you for you today, folks. So I think we're both excited to be here. It's been a little while. We have a, had mm-hmm. a little break for – we had a little Classic Mix-Up spring break, but yeah. uh, we're back. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, how how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm actually on spring break this week. Like yeah, I, and I just finished mine. So yeah, so kind of a nice little. I guess this is the spring break episode, but we took a spring break. We yeah, we we took a spring break. Yeah, we didn't we didn't do an episode last week, but no. Um, but here we are. So yeah, yeah. How, you been enjoying your spring break so far? I guess it kind of just started, but yeah, no, I um, yeah, I, I mean, I I guess like, would you count like Friday my spring? I wouldn't count Friday as my spring break, like. Because I still had school the day before. Right. So, I mean, I would count today as my first day. Today is your first day, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I drove my girlfriend down to Detroit and because her family wouldn't drive her. And then I went to Guitar Center and Impulse bought a 12-string guitar. That's no regrets. I saw, I saw a sneak peek of it yeah. already. Yeah. Yeah, show, show the pod. Yeah, show the pod. Probably YouTube while I'm grabbing it. Well, so on YouTube. He goes, I go, I go, you need to play something for the people. He goes, I don't know how to play it yet. And just like played an entire Black Keys song. I'm like, it sounds like you know how to play it. Oh, I did not. But if you guys can hear it, go. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Sounding good, man. It's amazing. It's so fun. It's so, it's so different if, uh, you know, if any of you guys out there are guitar players and you've never played a 12 string or play a 12 string, it's so different. Like it's it's different in a way of the sound is so big and um, it has layers and it sounds like you have several people playing the same notes. So you could play like an E chord, but because it has like the layered strings, it sounds like someone else is playing in like a different like the like the same E chord, but up the frets so like a higher octave of the of an e chord so it's like kind of cool that's awesome and but it's hard to push down the the strings because you have two strings right next to each other so my fingers are fucked up like it's like okay something to get used to then oh dude yeah it was awesome but um i was like went into guitar center today and uh well initially like i thought my car broke down so i was like driving on the highway and i couldn't get above 50 oh no and I was like, oh, shit. And I had bad time my, for that. Yeah, I called my mom and I was like, hey, I'm fucked. Like, I'm in Detroit. Like, I literally am like, I'm in McNichols. Like, shout out to Boldy. But like, shout out to Boldy. I'm literally, the, the nearest exit is McNichols. And I really don't want to have to pull off onto McNichols and you sit. You probably don't want to do that. Yeah. No. So, um, so I, I like called and I got off on the exit and, um, like I, I, was like turning back onto the highway to go back to my uh to my girlfriend's school and um i realized that i had in low gear so you know how it's like drive and then l yeah headed in low so it was it was i was just like thank fucking god yeah so if you didn't if so what you're saying is if your car didn't break down yet it's probably going to from driving on the highway in low for an hour oh no, it was it was thank god it was only like five minutes okay good good because like in like where i was in I didn't drive it all the way downtown on low. I was driving back home. I was driving to Guitar Center. So you had just started. 
Yeah, I was well, and like the side streets are like 25 30. Like, right, right. So So it was fine. Okay, that's good. I'm glad you realized that. And then I got on the highway and I couldn't get above 50, it just wasn't shifting. And I was like, oh, fuck, not now, dude. This is a new car. Like, I was like, what? Yeah, and um, yeah, dude, that was that was a crazy little story. But thank God that it wasn't broken because I went to Guitar Center and you know, I was playing a guitar, I was gonna get a an electric a new telly or something like that a telecaster and then i was like nah nothing's really working then i almost bought an amp that was used and i was like ah, i don't know and then i go into the acoustics and it's and, calling your name well a, a, this like almost like godly like it was a kind of like an angel. divine force yeah this divine figure of a man no he was a dude sitting oh, in okay. the acoustic room at guitar center and he was jamming out on this 12 string like pitch he was doing like pitch harmonics and like He's doing like crazy shit and he has a little like newsy hat on and he's just mm-hmm. sitting there playing and I'm looking, I play a banjo or something. I'm like playing acoustics and then he's right in front of the 12 strings though, playing a 12 string. So I'm waiting and he gets up and I walk over there cause he's out of the way now. He's yeah. like, oh, you're looking to buy a 12 string. I'm like, Oh yeah, no, I, I don't have one. I was looking to buy one. I've always wanted one. And he's like, they're beautiful guitars. And he's yeah. Like, oh, you probably heard me playing. I'm like, yeah, that was beautiful. Just, you know, I'm like that. You convinced me to get it. This twelve. That's track. amazing. I love that story, actually. And then he's like, "God bless," and I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> "Nice, nice." A divine figure, if you will. And I was yeah, like, sweet. I guess uh, to kind of segue, we have some some good guitar riffs to talk about in the album yeah. for today. The first one, I th- I think at least. Um, yeah. yeah. So I guess that was it. That was a good introduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll kind of moving forward if if you're new around here how we kind of do it is we talk about two main albums for the week we may go off on many tangents but usually we have two albums that we talk about one that i picked and one that riley picked so we're going to start off today with one that i picked which is going to be keep it like a secret by built to spill uh which is a 1999 uh rock slash pop kind of indie rock record Mm-hmm. Um, and one that I've really been enjoying like lately, I know you've been listening to this one for a while, but from the sounds of it, but for me, I found it pretty recently, I'd say, uh, maybe in the past few months. And it was somewhat of a, of an impulse decision for me to, to pick this album. Cause it's not really one of my all time favorites or anything, but in the past couple of weeks, especially I've been really into it and I listened to it a couple of times. So so like last week when I was at your house and you were saying how you liked it, I'm like, oh, like I, we should, we should talk about it then because yeah. I've I've been super into it. So yeah, sweet. Yeah, no, I'm. I've heard this album. I love a couple songs already on this album, but I never listened to it all the way through. Like, okay, I, it's a great listen for listening all the oh, way through. Great, and it was fun. Like I, I was like, because of the song, like I love the song "Carry the Zero," and then Me I love. So I knew those songs before, but then I like listened to the album after like you know for the for the pod and mm-hmm. um, it was great it was so fun and like and the lyrics were so like not some songs were had good like depth to them like you could kind of look into like the meaning of like carry the zero and all that kind of stuff but then sure. some songs were just really fun and like kind of like nonsensical in a way yeah yeah i think so i i think uh i i agree with that i think one thing that i like about this album is like the pop elements if you will which are kind of more of the nonsensical as you described songs which are kind of just like you know not the songs don't really have a 
direction, but it's it's a really they usually you know have a really fun catchy chorus. I think a lot of songs on this album are like incredibly catchy and have gotten stuck in my head a lot, which is one reason why I've listened to it so much. But uh, it's always I think a good sign when a bunch of tracks from an album can get stuck in your head and you can like just throw on the whole album and listen to it all the way through and there's not really any any dull spots. Yeah. So yeah, one thing we were talking about um, right before we started the podcast. We were kind of going over some things we were going to talk about, and we both agreed that the album flows together greatly, which I guess shouldn't be a huge ask, but uh, it you can just consistently throw it on and listen to it front to back. Um, it's easy for me to do that, and uh, that's why, like I said, it's been one of my favorites uh, recently. And uh, every song on the album is is pretty good and plays, I think, an important part to the flow of the album. So there's not really any songs that I would skip, which is kind of why it's been one of my go-tos. Yeah, no, I I didn't I did not expect this to go so well like as like a listen because I don't know, like I feel like when when we've kind of gone into uh like listening to an album that we think is going to be like a good like full album or whatever. Right, and there's some sounding the same. Like every every song sounds the same, sounds kind of boring almost. Yeah, like, we've had that experience um, before. But for some reason, this album didn't do that to me. I think because it was so upbeat in the guitar riffs and the, it kind of added just enough variety to where, um, like, it uh, it kept me, like, entertained. Like, I had it on in the background totally. doing stuff today, too. Um, and it was great. And I noticed little riffs that I was like, oh, this is great. Or this song or another song. I kept adding songs as I listened to it. And it was it was just good. Like, I think I loved the last song, which is, I think, uh, Broken Chairs. Broken Chairs, like, yeah. Minutes. And I didn't realize, I thought I was like, whoa, is this a new song? Like, halfway through, and it was still Broken Chairs. Yeah, like, it's a bit oh, of a, there's a bit of like a outrace change. Yeah. yeah. But I loved, I, you know, I, I'm not a big long song person. Um, but yet, if there's a good long song, I'll listen. Yeah, to but it. it's pretty, I mean, like kind of well, the theme we've been talking about, it's pretty seamless. It doesn't feel like a drag to listen to Broken Chairs yeah. specifically. So, yeah, yeah, and I agree with you that I think like the melodies and the guitar riffs are really cool, but they're mostly simple, um, not like anything overly complicated. Um, it just mostly is kind of the standard catchy pop rock of the time, but it still, mm -hmm. I think, has a quality that makes it stand out as like a much more um, like it's, it's just much more infectious to me mm. than an average rock album. You know, and I, I think that was interesting that when I was looking up, like um, I was looking up like what genres you could call this album, because I know it's obviously, you know, indie rock, but I was looking at other descriptors and uh, something uh, did call it dream pop which I think I wouldn't have got that from it myself, but I'm, I'm glad I, I did a little research because I would definitely say it has a dream pop like quality where it's almost kind of like an yeah. ethereal kind of listen where it, it kind of hooks you in. And uh, I don't know. It just, it just, it's kind of an intangible quality that just makes it feel like it's kind of more of a layered right. kind of just lush uh, sounding recording that yeah. I, I think it really shines through on here. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, I think every time I like listen to this album or like the songs from this album, I, I'm always surprised that it came out in 1999 because it is so modern indie sounding. Yeah, definitely. That 
you can tell it influenced so much. I don't even think directly. I think more indirectly, probably through like just pure sound, just the evolution. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, and they were more ahead of their time. It was kind of like Bright Eyes and like to you know when we, right, which we talked about on the last yeah. episode. Yeah, when we talked about um, that that Bright Eyes album, it was made in two thousand four or whatever. And um, it was way ahead of its time. Now you hear music all like even. That sounds like that. Yeah. It's all new music like that. Like all the new, like new wave um, folk music sounds like old bright eyes. But then this is kind of the same thing of like built a spill in 1999 sounds like a lot of the average like indie rock. And it's pretty cool. It's like you see like the precursors of the people that inspired the modern generations indirectly in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. I think. I think Built to Spill uh, is a really hailed kind of like a cult favorite band, mm. especially with their predecessor to this album, uh, Perfect From Now On, mm. which you can also consider highly experimental and influential. So that's probably, I guess, what kind of inspired me to listen to this originally is that I had seen many people talk about it. Um, I see, you know, just when you look at influential albums or top albums, this is probably a pretty common one to see and i think actually the the way that i found it uh well not the way that i found it i guess but what really just got me to decide to listen to it is i was listening to some like bands radio you know like on apple music or spotify they'll have like whoever radio and they'll do songs like by that band that also related to them um one of the songs from this album came up on like someone else's radio and i'm like oh that song's like amazing i gotta listen to this album and i did it and yeah so that kind of i guess that goes to show how um, they are, you know, an older band, but uh, their sound has aged well and was yeah. ahead of its time. So, yeah, I actually um, I found out about Built to Spill because their new album that came out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't heard, but um, it has it has a song called Gonna Lose on it. And it was on like a new music release playlist recommended okay. for me on like Spotify or Apple Music. And I love that song so much. And I was like, oh, Built to Spill. And then I saved like the top couple songs. And I was like, oh, you know, yeah, Hero, which is, I think, their most popular song. Yeah, that song's incredible. Yeah. So I'd say that's, uh, speaking of Carry the Zero, one of my favorites. Um, I think that is a good example of the, I described it as infectious, like the infectious guitar. It's like a simple, like repetition. You know, it's not anything crazy. There are actually, there's actually some long solos between the verses on this song, which I think is cool. Yeah. But um, another thing is, is I guess the combination of the guitar riff with the kind of cool and relaxed style of the singer uh, makes for a, a, a pretty, you know, interesting track. It's a good combination. And uh, that is definitely one of my favorite songs and one of their most popular for a reason, I think. That could be one that everyone should check out. Mm. Yeah, and I would say the um, another that song is amazing, but another song is the plan. I mean, starts out the album. Yeah, that's a great start to the album. Yeah, um, and it like kind of it's kind of weird because it sounds like it doesn't really like have a start, like because it, it kind of has like you kind of jump in, like almost like mid cut. It sounds like, and then you jump yeah. in right into the song, which is great. Like I I love it. Yeah, well, there's there's little like wasted time on this album, I would say. You know, yeah, it was everything mixed to go together. I totally, you totally can hear it. I think that's why it's really good and like kind of seamless. Yep. So, yep, I agree. Yeah, genius. 
Yeah. So I guess um, um, other other than those two, uh, I mean, there's plenty of other quality songs. We said, you know, everything is kind of um, everything is is pretty much a pretty good song. But another another one of my favorites, I'd say, would be Else, which has like the coolest guitar riff ever. Just mm-hmm. something about that little. I don't know. I I, I could. Uh, I could hear it, but it's hard to describe, you know, but something about it is just super cool. It's simple yet effective. And uh, that, that the whole instrumental for that song is actually really interesting. I don't know if it's a, if there's like a keyboard in there or something, but there's like a layered sound to it. That is just really beautiful. And it's makes that one of my favorite songs. And then um, right after that, you have um, you were right, Mm. which uh, stands out. Uh, to me for I guess kind of a different reason it's primarily for the writing slash the vocals because I think um, this song is one of the more catchier songs on the album and definitely tends to get stuck in my head so I think the kind of the gravelly singing in in his vocal delivery Mm -hmm. and the writing of it to make it have that really catchy chorus it just meshes well and uh, makes that one that's always stuck in my head and makes me always want to return to that song and the album as a whole really yeah i mean you're 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 taking the words right out of my out of my mouth man like i mean i like to hear that i don't have like a like i love like temporary blind too like i mean like i'm just going in order with you too but right you know it just it's it's the complete opposite of the last song before too like lyrically because it's more repetition and like kind of like um, wany in a way um, yeah and then i love i love how the end of this album is one long song because it kind of like it lets like the guitar kind of talk in a way and you know i love mm-hmm. that. like i love when for sure they they let the music talk and like you know for such a long song lyrically it's not heavy it's like really like what like maybe 16 lines of words and right you know like 16 sentences and in eight minutes and it's like well you know it's not yeah and i think i think it's it's i'm glad you brought that up because i think that could be one of the factors maybe Mm -hmm. that really does set this apart from an average indie rock or an average kind of pop rock album um of the time at least because like we said this is kind of more of a modern sound but i think what could set it apart is that it, it has the use of the instrumentals. It has the long instrumental solos. It doesn't rely purely on just like poppy chorus writing and, you know, vocal, vocal delivery. It, it really uh, does lean on the instrumentation. Mm-hmm. I think a good example of that specifically would be the song sidewalk. Yeah. Um, like I said, long solos and really just like a varying kind of song structure to, the typical pop albums of the time. So I think, yeah, the, the song or the album obviously has some tracks that are more kind of cookie cutter pop songs. Like some of the ones we mentioned with the really catchy upbeat chorus and stuff like that, but it also has some like sidewalk and broken chairs, which are mostly instrumental, a little more, you could say, I guess, experimental um, mm-hmm. kind of outside the box, uh, which is, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why I like it so much is you have that good kind of combination of both sides of the spectrum. And it does both well. So, yeah, no, it it's great because I think too that the reason why like I connect this album to uh, like modern indie is it's like I guess 
like two reasons so or three so it's basically the way the words are saying for the way mm-hmm. the guy sings it um the lead singer and the way the guitar sounds like not the riffs but the you know like the dis- types of distortion the definitely know, very soft like very like upbeat. that's definitely a familiar like sound um, for the modern indie rock yeah. and the lyrical content it's kind of this some lyrics are like ambiguous but not yet folky like you know how like modern folk is very like oh my cryptic God. and you're alive yeah. if you realize a uh, like two bars of a song, you're gonna be like, "Oh my yeah. god, that means no." This. We've and we've talked about that a ton, and we've also talked about how in indie rock, it's not always you know the lyrics aren't always something, and the singer isn't always incredible, but right. just the way it works together just creates like an amalgamation and like a almost indescribable feeling that that you can't get from other, you know, from like more typical structured types of music. So I think this definitely yeah. fits into that mold. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's it's a good album. I I don't know if you have tops. Like I, I think it's kind of funny because my top three are "Carry the Zero," "The Plan," and "Broken Chairs," which "Carry the Zero" and "The Plan" were my favorites before the before the whole listen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the rest of this album is bad at all. Like this is just like no, not at all. Yeah, it was just great. Like, like from I would say from Sidewalk to Broke, like. I didn't even realize, like, I didn't even have to check what song was playing from, like, usually, like, if a song's running too long or, oh, I'm getting a phone call. I to silence my phone. Um, but, uh, anyway, sorry about that. No, it's okay. Yeah, I, I uh, think uh, to kind of pick up where you were, it, we, we, I don't think I harped enough on the flowing seamlessly of it. I think more than probably almost every album we've talked about on the show. Uh, this is probably the quickest 47 minutes you'll have listening to an album. It they've, they've, I don't can't quite put my finger on what they've done, but they've figured out the formula to yeah. literally make a perfectly flowing track list. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there's not a wasted track. At all. Wasted I no, it, it's almost like, it reminds me, it definitely reminds me of maybe Greatest Hits by Remo Drive, where yeah. we're talking about like, like, yeah, like we have a least favorite song, but you're still going to listen to the album and not skip any tracks and just like have an absolute blast. Yeah, and this was, is a lot like that. And it was kind of like, it was surprisingly upbeat too. Like even sometimes the lyrics aren't like the happiest, but it was still right. like, you could still like not listen to the lyrics if you don't want to, and then like have fun still. Right. Or, like the lyrics and be like, well, that's kind of deep, you know, like kind of the polar opposite of the next thing we'll talk about, but I guess we'll get to that. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. This is, yeah, I, I would recommend this album. It, I, I, would, I Yeah. This will be one of the first things on genre too, right? Like, I think I'm, I found that out that it's kind of like a, that, like you were saying that, that cult classic kind of cornerstone album of like indie people. Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I was actually reading about how um, some people think this album was a letdown coming off of the more experimental uh, Perfect From Now On, which yeah. is this album's uh, predecessor uh, from 1997. For me personally, I much prefer uh, Keep It Like a Secret, which is what we've been talking about, obviously, because, uh, you know, obviously the more poppy and catchy writing is more appealing to me, like in a rock album especially when it doesn't take away from the, the indie rock 
instrumental elements. So like one thing about Perfect From Now On that I find a little difficult is yes, it, it's got that heavy distortion and that more that more complex and you know experimental um like uh uh instruments, but um I like prefer this just because of the flow of the tracks and the catchiness of a lot of the songs that make me want to return to it. Mm-hmm. But I, I could definitely understand how some people might think they were taking a step backwards, but I think it's it's cool that they explored what they did with Perfect From Now On mm. and then kind of transitioned into this where they, I don't think you could really say they were trying to appeal to the mainstream as much with this record. I think you could just say they, I don't know, went a different direction and chose to yeah. make it a little more uh, kind of, yeah. I don't know, a little more uh, accessible. Yeah, I think I think if you listen to any of Built to Spill's albums, they all kind of you can kind of tell that they have the same creative minds at work. You know, all the you know, even, even though if it sounds different, album sounds different, but you can tell it's like you you can kind of see the way the the writers, whoever writes the songs, how their brains work. Like they, you know, they kind of have that same kind of energy that they want to put forth. So yeah, this is like more more streamlined for like audiences and that kind of thing maybe like Mm -hmm. a little experimental but like it still sounds like the album before this and and the album that just came out last year they didn't they didn't abandon their identity they just they just made a different i guess type of record in the same vein of that is still their identity which is which is great i mean you know we've talked a lot about on the show about artists like vastly switching up on what they're kind of known for and like trying Mm -hmm. something different sometimes failing, sometimes succeeding. I think we both agree. We like to see a little bit of like a development from an artist, but me personally, I don't, especially for artists. I like, I don't love seeing like a 180 flip on, you know, kind of what they do or what they were known for, but uh, I definitely respect, you know, obviously the creative process and like to see artists trying something new, which I guess typically would come after the more mainstream project where built a spill did a, a little backwards, but I think, Either way, we're still we're looking back on it 25 years later, and I mean we have two great pieces of music to enjoy, so it doesn't really matter which came out first. And they've released an album like I think they average like an album every other year or something like that. Yeah, they, they do have a bunch. Yeah, I haven't really heard of most of them, but they have a ton of albums. I can They do. I'm looking right now. They have literally a, a ton of albums. So. Might listen, might might listen to some more because I really I do like these guys, especially I like the this newest album. album. And I didn't even know that they were an old band until after. Yeah, when the wind forgets your name, might might have to check that one out. Yeah, that's a good recommendation. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. We well, yeah, so I guess on that topic, highly highly recommend "Keep It Like a Secret" for any. Oh yeah, essential. Any rock fan who hasn't heard it, or really just anyone, because it's super super easy to get fun into. Listening. I think. So. It's fun little yeah. listening. Add a couple, you know, you you don't gotta listen to every song, but just add the few that like you want to, you know, like it's good. It's a good listen overall. I recommend it. Cool. Yeah. So I guess that uh pretty much wraps yeah. it up for so, for that album. So we can kind of move into our next one here. Um yeah. so I gave you uh, a crow looked at me. Yes. By Mount Erie. I think that's yeah, Mount Erie, yep. which is the lead singer of the microphones which you, you know Correct. the microphones right yeah. 
um, microphones, kind of like that kind of experimental indie, um, you know, staple, the microphones. Uh, what's their hit album with the elephant the, on? The, the Glow Part 2. Glow Part 2. Great, I, great album. I can recommend that album. I, you know, I, I've, it's everywhere you look on Reddit, you look. Yeah. If you're, if you're in like the indie scene or the the it's music cool. nerd scene, oh, like this album's so good. And right. really, the microphones and Mount Erie, you know, Phil Elverum, that's the guy. Phil Elverum, yeah. Everything he makes is really widely hailed. So good. And he has yeah. another side project. Um. Uh, that's really interesting. Where it's more electronic. Okay. And I forgot what it's called, but I will, uh, I could always look that up now. But anyway, so A Curl Looked At Me is this kind of, it's so, it's interestingly unique to a situation that happens in uh, Phil Alvarum's, um life. So this album chronicles his wife's death in 2016, 17. And she, so it kind of starts off with, you know, each song telling an aspect of her being alive, still her, you know, her dying. And then it's kind of these aspects that he has to deal with um, when overcoming death and things he can't get through or says, I can't get through this yet. So right. it's really, it's really thought. kind of a, a documentation um, almost a narration of his grieving process. Yeah. Um, like his, his day-to-day life in the aftermath of his wife's passing. I believe she was diagnosed with some kind of cancer. Not sure exactly. Um, but yeah. And they, you know, they had a daughter and just obviously a terrible, terrible situation, but um, it's, it's an, it's an interesting, it's an interesting, interesting album. There's not really anything else like it. That's for sure. Um, I mean, it's hard to, I guess, you know, it's hard to, to judge an album. That's clearly like a li- it's literally like a part of the grieving process. Like he was not, he was not making this album to sell records or to get radio play or to even win awards or anything like that. It, it was solely made as like a personal project to probably help, you know, him get through this process. So I, I mean, I would obviously rather just, you know, talk about talk about what makes it interesting for those reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, since it's a music podcast, of course, I'll touch on the music itself. It's extremely basic, which is clearly an like intentional choice to kind of um, like accentuate the lyricism, uh, the mm-hmm. storytelling. Um, so you're not like kind of distracted or, or overwhelmed by because I mean, for you know, looking at his other work, the glow part two, for example, it's very loud, very over the top, yeah. tons of stuff going on, distortion wow. and static everywhere where this is just very, very basic. Literally every song is just an acoustic guitar and just him talking over it. And so, you know, because of those qualities, I, I wouldn't say it's a record that I really enjoyed listening to, but I don't think it's really made to be, Listen to I mean, I was, once. No, yeah, it's not made to be really consumed as a, you know, as a, like a commercial record. Uh, but you know, uh, of course, it, it's very interesting, and of course, it's very important for Phil himself in this grieving process. 
and you know kind of what i thought of towards the end of the album is that you know this could really be um kind of special for for anyone else who's going through a similar experience maybe to just have have these songs that kind of describe your pain and and kind of relate to what you're going through which is you know yeah. I guess I guess I, I can just say I'm thankful that I couldn't relate too much to it because I haven't really experienced something quite this, you know, heavy. But I think it's, it's cool that there could be someone out there who could relate to this and could maybe find a little bit of solace through this uh, project. Yeah, I think what's beautiful about this album is that um, it has the same effect of a documentary, like watching a documentary mm, where yeah. you, you sit down and you know it's like you're watching like like global warming like documentaries and like, right, like something super like, depressing. No, I'm gonna sit down and watch this thing, but then right when you see that first animal die, you're like, oh shit, I'm watching. Like, right. I want to know what is gonna happen. And then you watch it, and you're like, oh shit, like this is this is crazy. And then you you can remember every little aspect of that documentary you know because you paid attention to it because it was shocking and um but then you don't need to listen to it again because you're like i already know i already know you know i already yeah. know. no totally and you and you said that when you kind of assigned this one to me last week i think it was actually live so you could go back and hear that if you haven't but uh i said something to riley about like oh god i don't want to listen to the 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 sad album you know and uh, he's like, oh, I, I don't have to listen to it again. I already heard it once. I already know it. I'm like, oh, I don't know what that means. But now I kind of understand because there's it's not a, really any. Like it's guttural without any yelling. It's it's loud yeah. without being loud. You know, it's loud, but it's quiet. Like the words yeah. speak for themselves. Yeah. And oh, I mean, it's, so powerful. It just... it's really, it's an experience for sure. I, I didn't note anything about any song individually. Uh, because I, I see it more of an experience. Like I think it's actually a tremendous way to describe it as like watching a documentary. You know, it's it's almost it's almost like for yourself. Yeah, it's almost like listening to a podcast because there is music, yeah. but every song is literally just a very basic acoustic guitar riff and just him talking over it, barely even I would say barely even singing. So it it you know every song is a different memory or different experience um mm. and it really just feels like a guy talking to you directly barely even barely even like using the music to make a song more of using you know his songwriting and his guitar playing as an outlet to express these things that he's feeling mm. rather than try to create a consumable album it's it's just oh it's so it's so it's such a beautiful thing like it's like this like in a fucked up way yeah i know it's you know it's it's literally just a man like you can see that it's just a man trying to reach his loved one someone who this isn't just someone that you love like this isn't this guy like phil alvarum didn't just love his wife like this is his person like you could just tell by the way he talks to talks to her through this music you know it's just like all of he remembered all of their plans and you know i think the song seaweed is about like you know their boat and like how they wanted to you know it, it's just kind of this like 
this like home that they were hoping to live in and it's just so yeah i mean you have you have your whole life up to this point yeah your whole life up to this point was like built with this person yeah and your whole plan for the rest of your life was built around this person and now Mm -hmm. you kind of have to everything is just different now that they're gone and yeah yeah, i mean he even and you know he also talks about struggling to even function doing basic tasks you know there's a song toothbrush slash trash you know he's talking about like he took out the trash for the first time in like months after she died you know and that was significant enough to write a literally write a four minute song about it because that's how much i I, you know that he struggled with with all of these you know emotions and experiences so yeah i mean it's 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 really interesting to see this such a just broken down guy and hear these songs from his perspective, you know, it's, it's honestly amazing that he even was able to write and record these because this seems like something that could have been locked in the vault forever. But I do think it shows a lot of courage and a lot of power to just put yourself all out there in the music like that, Mm. you know, and release it to the public for anyone to hear and kind of just, you know, I guess I think that's that's one of the the stages of grief is is acceptance. I think this yeah. the release of the album probably you know kind of represents that that he's yeah accepted and f- is free to kind of talk about what he's going through. Yeah, and I think what's beautiful is the songs are dated. Like you know, as you could tell, each song is written in order, right? Grieving process. So like I think Ravens have like the song Ravens have like him saying like oh in august 2016 i you know you've been dead for a month now and i took our daughter to the forest and and like all this kind of stuff and he's like i can't mm-hmm. live in the house anymore i have to move or oh, that's in the yeah. song before but this but ravens is more about like how he takes their daughter to like a forest because he's like it's beautiful and and there's just movement and nothing really dies there. There's no, it's just a cycle. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, even the dead, even the logs have life on them, like moss and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of this, like, like every song has this beautiful, like observation of like someone's mind and like the grieving, like he's still trying to take care of their daughter, but he's just like, you know, he wants to escape. So it's like, that song's more about escaping it. Like he's like, I can't, he still can't get over it. Like he can't throw away, you know, he feels horrible for giving away your clothes, let's say, but then right. it's just, it's, it's, it's so brutal, but I don't know. I think, I think you have songs like, I think my favorite song is toothbrush trash. That's one of, one of mine as well. Yeah, it's because it's it's that final stage. It's like that the first song that really has a, like acceptance in it. So it has, you know, it's it's kind of sad because the like he's his pictures of her. Like I think that first few sentences he says like the pictures of you are replacing my memory of what I saw. Yeah, so it's kind of this full circle of those early songs in the album. He's like, all he's seeing is his wife dying in the room, and he feels horrible that she can't be here, you know. 
Um, and it's like, but now he's realized he's remembering those little times again, like the when she would sing and like, you know. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's kind of like that idea of when you lose someone, as time goes on, you're going to, you know, those pictures are what you remember, right? Right. Sad moments of them being like sickly will will fade. But a yeah. lot of that is the good memories too. Yeah. You know, he says in, in the song that you're referring to, Toothbrush slash Trash, he, he talks about, you know, um, his mind erasing the the echo of, of her dying in the house or something. And he does say that he's, you know, he he's slowly replacing his memory with the photographs he has of her, which is, you know, probably a good thing, you know, moving towards. I think I agree with you that that toothbrush slash trash is kind of a movement in the right direction of, okay, you know, he's taken out the trash that has been sitting there since she died. And he's thinking back on the good times he has. He has these photos of her. He's kind of forgetting about how she looked in the room where she died when she was sick mm. and 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 all that so yeah i think um you know if if i had to since you kind of mentioned that that was your favorite song mm. if i had to, to pick like one song that i would like listen to again you know like would be able to enjoy kind of casually it, it probably would be ravens i think the I, I think you hit it perfectly i think the sentiment of that song is is beautiful you know with bringing his daughter to the forest and kind of looking at all the the life there and looking at the the ravens there and stuff like that i think that's one that i definitely um enjoy and i think uh my chasm is also a good one that kind of describes a different mm. you know maybe more more underlooked kind of part of this whole grieving process or kind of his feelings through all of this which is kind of the feeling of you know, that no one else really feels how he is feeling in this moment. You know, like it was his wife, you know, she was no one else's wife. So he is really the only one who feels this unique experience for her specifically. Um, I think in the opening lyrics, it kind of highlights that when he says, I am a container of stories about you and I bring you up repeatedly uninvited to. Do the people around me want to keep hearing about my dead wife or does the room go silent when I mention you? And, you know, that's kind of him realizing like, you know, she was my everything. All I have are stories of her. All I think about is her. But now for everyone else kind of looking at him, like, do they care? Like, it, have they moved on and he's the only one still harping on yeah. this? And that's its own struggle separate from, of course, the grieving. Now the separate struggle is, what does everyone else think about me? You know, and that's just a kind of and an underrated layer to that it. Has a dead wife, you know, right? And you don't want to be pegged as the dead wife guy. You know, you want to you want to move on, but it's not anything to do. Yeah, it's kind of that feeling. Like I think this this album really shows like that balance of like the good and the bad of like of death, like of you know witnessing someone close to you die of like. You know, he, he in that song, it's kind of like, you know, like like that line you were just saying, like, oh, he wants people to forget that he's the dead wife guy, but he doesn't want people to forget his wife. Like he doesn't yeah. want people to remember her. Like you want to bring up happy stories of this person who is gone, but you also don't want to make people uncomfortable by 
you know, the way he says the room goes silent, yeah. you know, you don't want to ruin other people's, you know, experience or whatever. Yeah. So I, and I, and I, I think that is why he made this album as an outlet to perhaps get it all out one final time. Not saying he's totally moved on or forgetting his wife, but just saying all of these fond memories and difficult memories of her actually, her actually dying, you know, in the room that he describes so often, um, they're now out. They're on paper and they're on wax, and they're gonna exist forever. And he did that. He he's gotten past the need for that. And so hopefully now he's doing better. You know, hopefully his daughter is doing good, and hopefully mm-hmm. this album helped in the process of of getting through that. Yeah, and you know, I think like he really focuses on his daughter a lot. Like I think yeah. your songs, it's very mm-hmm. much less of like his wife and more of like thinking about his daughter. Like the last song crow is more about like, you know, what are you, what are we going to do about you? Not in a bad way. Just like, right. But just like, I wasn't prepared to kind of raise yeah. this, this girl alone, you know? Yeah. Um, And it was, it's kind of cool because, like the last few lines, I'm looking at them now. And it's like, sweet kid, I heard you murmur in your sleep. Crow, you said, crow. And I asked, are you dreaming about a crow? And there she was. And it was like, what does that mean? Yeah. I, I, I always thought that like it's his like it's his wife, like as a right. Person. I think he sees her in a lot. Like in toothbrush and trash, she was taking out the trash and there was a fly in the bathroom. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, Oh, was was that you? You know, that he was taking out the trash mm-hmm. and the fly was there. But I think that's, you know, kind of interesting you point that out because like one thing that sticks out very, very clearly. I mean, we've already been talking about it, about this album compared to Phil's other work and many other works in this genre, is that how literal the lyrics are usually. Mm-hmm. It's 99% you know most of the time it's very direct which mm-hmm. makes it so like obviously and abundantly it's like sad you know in most of the the like sad folk albums that we've talked about um they're very cryptic which allows you to kind of ignore you know or, or at least look past the subject matter where for this album it's it's very in your face and it's almost it's almost i described it as as fourth wall breaking you know, I guess in all music, you could say the artist is talking directly to you, but it doesn't really feel like this. This feels like he is sat down in front of you talking to you specifically, which gives it that kind of creepy and, and uncomfortable nature, which makes it so memorable. And so I guess tough to listen to, but just so, so real as well. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's crazy, like powerful, like it's, like I remember like getting recommended this album like a while ago. Mm-hmm. And I was I was like it was the start of last semester, so like the fall semester. Mm-hmm. And I would listen to I listened to it while I was walking to class and I remember like literally like crying. Like I was like like tearing up. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is this? This is horrible. Like why would why would I ever listen to this while walking to class? This is No, like, yeah. You need to be in the right Yeah. mindset, yeah, but Yeah. I mean, this is one of, I mean, like, okay, this is, I mean, this is now in, in 18 episodes of this show and, you know, 36 plus, probably, probably 40 albums we've talked about. 
this is like the first one that I'd say like I, I would not recommend listening to um, unless unless you you're ready for an experience. Yeah, unless you're either interested in this topic, very interested in Mount Erie slash, you know, Phil, or you can relate to the subject matter of this album. I think it'll be it would be very, very beautiful and powerful and helpful to someone who can relate closely to it. Um, I think for your, an average casual listener, I would I would probably shy away. It's just, it's extremely uncomfortable and unsettling. I mean, no choruses, little to no drums or any instrument other than the acoustic guitar. Monotone singing. It's just, it's like perfectly unsettling. I mean, obviously he was trying to create something very jarring and uncomfortable and he could not have succeeded more. So if you're prepared for that and you're and you want that, definitely this would be a, a great thing to check out. Yeah, if you're not really ready for that or you don't want to kind of experience that, I would definitely shy away. I, I don't think this album should be taken lightly, as corny as it may sound. I don't think it should be taken lightly. I, you know, what's funny is I, I would say the opposite. You should listen to this like hands down. Like I think it's it's such a unique album that when you mm-hmm. Look at albums that are super unique. You think of like, oh, like Nirvana, uh, you know, Nevermind, or, you know, Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's, Only Hearts Club Band, or like those iconic albums of like monumental movement or like Led Zeppelin one or something like that. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, I feel like this is an album that is so unique that it's like, if you want a unique listen, like you think you might have to listen to some jazz or something like that, but no, this is so beautiful in a fucked up way without being like, like I'm not a sad music guy. Like I, like we've, we've reviewed like folk music and in Neo folk and in my freaking girlfriend was on the show a couple weeks ago and yep. I was sitting there. That was a good episode. Check that out. Yeah, that was a great episode. Episode 16. But I was like, I was like, I don't know. This is like, it's just not me. You know, all mm-hmm. that kind of like super deep lyrics and and that right. they're all kind of like weirdly veiled and like weird, like almost fetishized, fetish, fetishized, fetish, fetish, I, whatever, fucking mm-hmm. like obsession over like being sad. You know what yeah. I mean? It's sure. like, yeah. Bridgers is like, oh, I love serial killers. And then like, like um, Bright Eyes is like, I'm so sad, you know, like he's like, whatever. But this album is so uniquely like actually like showing the the progression of emotional like acceptance of death and yeah. sadness. It's like it's like a, a here, like there's no he wrote it in saying it, but in order, like it's written in order. So it's naturally going to have that the mood that he was in at the time. Right. It's good. It feels authentic. It's like a very real, like lifetime documentation of emotion and the emotional, I guess, process, you know? Yeah. And I would, I would say that's why I recommend it though. Like it's like, it's well, it's, so- it's definitely a, it, I'd, I would say it's like a kind of, which I'm, I'm very glad we had it on the show because I would say it's one of uh, the kind of essential, like musical experiences for sure. Like, yeah, you're not, I, I haven't heard really anything like this and I'm, I always love to, you know, seek out something that I may not have heard before. So right. 
I, I am very glad I got the chance to listen to it. I guess I would just maybe rather than say not recommended, I'd say more of like a, a listen at your own risk. Yeah. yeah, discretion advised. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, because I, I guess, you know, I, since you brought up all those other albums we've talked about, the difference is, and I, I touched on this a little, but the, the difference is, is like those albums use them, like, especially Bright Eyes, I'd say was a good example. You know, I'm Wide Awake It's Morning, which we just talked about last week. I think those albums kind of use the music to mask the subject matter, perhaps, you know, in, in a lot of cases. Um and this is very common practice in, in all music, even beyond folk and stuff that we've talked about. Like the the song sounds happy, but the lyrics are sad, you know, and that kind of gets allows people to listen to it while being able to look past the, the subject matter potentially. Mm-hmm. Where this is the complete opposite, you know, quite the contrary, where the music is so stripped back and simple that you're like forced to deal with the subject matter, no matter what, you know, no matter what you would not be able to look past what's being said here. You know, you always say how you're not really much of a lyric analysis guy. You're more of just a, a kind of listen and enjoy guy, mm-hmm. but it, it, it'd be impossible to listen to this and not take away the, the things he's saying and, and feel the, the, the feelings he wants you to feel through the lyrics. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a unique experience because of that. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty cool. And I guess um... it is cool too. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's cool that, that there's an album that exists that we can consume that someone made to like get through the grieving process. I think that mm. is very unique and very interesting that like, and it's done so I, well, like, it's yeah, like- that an album it, it's, it's, I mean, even, even the most talented musician, even like, even like I'm talking about like even the most talented indie underground, someone who doesn't care about selling records, winning awards, anything they're making the the music for the purpose of having other people listen to their music and making like a consumable pro- like album. Mm. This is the first album I think I've ever heard that I wouldn't say wasn't intended for other people to hear, but was made solely for the artist to improve their own life, which I just thought was kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, I would I would kind of uh compare this musical experience of an album to um john frusciante from the red hot chili peppers his standalone album uh neandra de la des which is um and usually just a t-shirt which is this album that he made in 1994 after blood sugar sex magic came out Mm -hmm. and where he um he got really addicted to heroin and each song is recorded in his own house with just his guitar and like a microphone. And you can hear his, like the crumbling of his mind due to addiction and like what he, what it does to you, but it's so natural and guttural that like, and he's such a beautiful guitar player that it kind of is like such an interesting, like, experience like to listen to because it's like nothing you would ever hear that could be planned out or you know it's not you know you're not singing a song about addiction where you can look back on it It, this is a man very natural addiction yeah and it's like he's like destroying his brain and body and everything and you could see it where he's like more like conscious and then at the end it's just nonsense of him you know paranoid thinking everyone's out to get him and it's kind of like 
that's why I think I was drawn to a crow looks at me because it's that natural, like, yeah. so you can know that this isn't, wasn't like planned. This is like Phil Alvrum, like, um, like feeling this, this feelings, these feelings. And it's so just amazing. And I think like, totally. it's such a, in, you know, and I think it would help people. Like, I think when I listened to it, I, I just lost my grandma and, um, and it was like sudden, and so I kind of had the same feelings of like, oh, I could have done more. And then it was like, but I couldn't have. It was just like that feeling of like not being there. And so it kind of helped me grieve in a way of like, right. oh, you know, it's okay to look back, but like, you know, don't let the met person's memory fade. So it's kind of like a beautiful kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you had that experience. Yeah. And I think, like I, I said earlier, I think a lot of people could – obviously relate to this album and, and have it you know do something for them like that so mm. that's why I'm, I'm really happy it exists and i would definitely recommend it to anyone who could relate to that but um, yeah other than that i think that's pretty much sums it up for for a crow looked at me yeah and, no uh, top songs except for i would say yeah the couple we mentioned that. yeah but uh, the, you can't you can't just listen to a song so no. like i mean Listen, to yeah, the yeah, I would, I, yeah, let's like, yeah, set apart some time, just one sitting, listen to it. Don't be bummed, um, probably, because you want to, you're gonna cry. Like, there's no, yeah. like, you're gonna get upset or bummed. It's like, yeah, you're, it's gonna be sad. So, yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, I guess that, um, wraps it up. Gonna, for our, yeah, that, that kind of does it for the, uh, the albums that we we planned on talking about mm. but um you know we usually we usually have more kinda, what's that we have a little breakdown at the end yeah yeah we we usually kind of just talk about whatever and uh i know i mentioned it last week but uh american corruption by capital steez is now on streaming services so i don't know if you had a chance to listen to that dude i got halfway through it it's fucking yeah. amazing that first it, isn't it awesome the doom beat uh, yeah there's there yeah there's there's some the, some mad lib beats is, doom beats is it oh what is it what's that beat uh on the first it's song? uh it's all caps i believe all is caps, the first okay. track that, yeah and you know it's crazy because steez like was so like good and he talked, he's so like Malcolm X-y kind of like talking about like real shit. He's and, very intelligent too. Yeah. Is he was like, and he, he was like really talking about real shit. And I think sadly, I think that's what ultimately led to him dying. Yeah. Like, he Almost, was, almost one of those people that was too smart for their own good, you know? Yes. Like, like he, like, he, he was like a, probably a chronic, himself. probably like a chronic overthinker that was just constantly, you know, it's, it's a terrible situation, you know, yeah. like rest in peace to Steve's, but like he was an, he was an incredible mind and incredible yeah. musical talent and you know, obviously gone too soon. So. I'll recommend that though. What is it? Hi, yeah. Hi, highly like, recommend corruption. if you are a rap fan. Yeah. American corruption. Yeah, didn't get a lot of hate because people are like, oh, it looked like a not the swastika or something like that. Yeah, so his logo, the 47, so his logo is a, a, a four um, and a seven uh, yeah. crossing each other. And it does look vaguely similar to a swastika because the four and the seven kind of do that. But yeah. um, you can't what see what I just drew it if you're not watching on YouTube. But I just drew a 47 in the in the air. But yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, obviously, it, it has nothing to do with that. Is he What's from Seventh Street? Not sure. I mean, I know he's, he's obviously from from New York. I think Brooklyn. Uh, grew up with Joey Badass. I'm not sure exactly where he's from, and I'm not sure the significance of the 47. Although I do know that there is some significance yes. to it. Yeah, um, it's been a while since I like I like was into all that history. And, like, yeah, me too. But I I do remember there kind of being something, you know. No, especially you know knowing cat knowing Steez, you know. I I'm sure it rep, it was representative of something because I don't mm-hmm. think he really yeah you know so oh, yeah. you don't got to say anything else you know that's yeah I mean I was listening to that this week uh, I don't know Claro was I was listening to some some sling. yeah yeah I listened to Sling uh, on my on my drive home um, for spring break when I was driving back to the Detroit area I was riding with my buddy. It's just me and my friend, uh, John. Shout out, John. And um, I was like, oh, do you have any music you want to listen to? And he's like, no, no. Well, whatever you want. I'm like, and I'm like, you, you, I'm like, no, I'm like, you want me to queue up anything? Like, you got, like a playlist or anything? He's like, no, whatever you want, man. Whatever you want. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm like, okay. Don't do that, dude. You're fucked. <laughs> You're... Yeah, I mean, he knew what he was getting himself into. I mean, he knows me. You know, we're, we're tight, so... I was, it was, it was the morning, you know, the, the snow was on the trees. I was just really feeling the sling kind of vibe. That's what I wanted to hear, you know, uh, to start my morning. So I threw on sling and uh, John actually fell asleep in the passenger seat, woke up sometime later. And he's like, he's like, dude, I'm sorry. I fell asleep. I'm like, oh, it's okay. He goes, he goes, you were playing some fucking lullabies or something. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was, that was just Claro. <laughs> Love me some Claro. That yeah. I, I listened to when he was sleeping, I listened to, uh, Sling and uh For Emma Forever Ago by Bonnie Vare. Great, great kind of back-to-back combo. Dude, that that album for Emma Forever Ago makes me tear up, dude. I I'm not even beautiful. To it. I was already like you said for, for Emma Forever, and I was like, fucking oh dude, it's beautiful. It. It's the the so tracks cool. off the tracks uh Flume and the title track yeah. are just just incredible and so like good. even though it's overplayed and not on that album but skinny love is such a like it is on that album song. it is oh yeah. shit it's been a while yeah um, yeah i mean obviously it's one of one of their i think it's it, i think it's that their most popular song i mean obviously uh one of popular. yeah like yeah one of them yeah but uh that's i mean yeah it's a great song i mean you know we've talked about this before like just because a song is like super popular doesn't mean like it's no no we're not we're not like we're not we're not like contrarians, you know. Just because it's an, the artist's top song uh, doesn't mean that I can't admit that it's a no. great song, which it is. Skinny so. Love, it will always get me blaring out nonsense because I don't of know course. the lyrics. And- no, I can never. Bonnie Vare is definitely one of those kind of bands where it's like I kind of just know what it sounds like. I don't really, they definitely don't know the lyrics. But- it's such like a basic song too, but you appreciate it so much because it's a, it's a dun dun dun. It's just yeah, it has that quality too. Yeah, it's just and it just gets and you. just the way his voice like perfectly sits in between like cracking and not cracking of like it's all yeah. He's always like that where he's like pushing it to the absolute limit, which I love. Like, but it's like that kind of like you're not. He's not blasting his voice. It's this like wrenching almost like of like mm-hmm. like you clinch your like body and like sing and it's like so good. Yeah, love Bonavere. Me too. Me too. <sighs> Yeah, that that album 
I'm gonna save that because I'm gonna listen to that later tonight. Yeah, I've heard I, I've heard a, a few of their albums and I like them all, but uh, I, I've heard their first three. I haven't heard the most recent. Um, but something about their something about For I'm a Forever Ago though really just draws me back compared to the other mm-hmm. ones that I've heard. So. Yeah. Well, it's cool because like they it's so interesting because they like hit the like they're kind of like post like mid 2000s as well like they're kind of like because 2008 that album came out so they're almost Mm -hmm. like a they're still technically a newer band like in a way because like you think of like folks folk albums that came out like in 2005 early 2006 yeah different from albums that were released 2007 2008 and the early 2010s yeah so they kind of are you saying they kind of are between eras yeah. Oh, and I think that benefits them too because you have people like me and you who are younger listening right. to these albums because you know we found them at now as like adults or right. Like I mean, like yeah, I was like five when it came out, but I can look back and yeah. Know. But right. the thing is, you're right. But then you know it may be a little past the taste of like people that are the next generation above us listening to music that like like Fallout Boy or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's something I don't never really think about, but uh, that you always like to bring up, which I think is interesting, is like kind of the sequence and the evolution of you know music and how it's, oh, it's the way stuff. I think, dude. It's just yeah, who, who inspired who? Who? Why did this person make? Yeah, this? no, and I'm I'm interested in that too. You know, we've had this exact conversation before. Where like Apple Music has the inspired by playlists so and I you think that's why i like bring it up because you always bring up the inspired by. Yeah, and I I I, I like looking into that. I do. Yeah. I can I just like naturally hear like um like right I mean you 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 have just have a lot of like musical knowledge which is awesome yeah I just I consume different music a lot and it's so funny because like I can never explain like what bands I've ever listened to because I'm like oh yeah I've heard of like every band I feel like like any band I'm like <laughs> either like heard of them or listen to a few songs yeah. but then like when someone's like oh you should listen to this album and then I'm like man this is horrible why did i say ever like this one song does not explain like a whole album sometimes like i heard right. of, i've heard of bright eyes before and i listened to like a bright eyes song but then when i had to listen to the whole album that whole bright eyes album i was like oh i can't do this huh? i felt yeah. horrible for being like oh yeah i know bright eyes like whatever else like, right because yeah you know and i well i think we all do the, we all do the same thing you know yeah. there's i mean oftentimes when when we're kind of doing this where we just talk about whatever we want to talk about yeah. And you say all these bands that you listen to. I'm like, yeah, I mean, like, I, I've heard of them, but, like, I don't – I'm not, like, familiar, familiar. You right, know, so. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, bon there is a, a band that I fucking love. Yeah, so. Bonnie Vera is incredible. So. Yeah, dude. Um, I'm going to get a Bonnie Vera poster. All right. Put my ceiling. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah. Uh, I also uh, – I, I, I so kind of – over spring break, I guess what I was kind of, so that was my drive down mm. um, over spring break. Kenny Mason dropped a new EP, which mm, I actually, I guess, I don't know if you're ready for this segment of the show, but uh, I, I know what I'm going to give you for next week. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Yeah. So uh, speaking of Kenny Mason, I guess, I know you mentioned you haven't heard a full album by him, but I think you would, I do think you would like him. So I'm going to give you his first album. Hmm. Which is Angelic Hood Rat. I've um, heard some of it, but never. Yeah, right. Like I'm sure you've heard a couple tracks. Hmm. 
but uh it's yeah it's, it's like it's like it's like 14 tracks um very very interesting kind of amalgamation of genres and i think it's probably something that you probably wouldn't get around to listening to by yourself so i kind of want to give you the opportunity to hear it and i, no, I think you'll... an album that i it's like a force kind of like a yeah i gotta listen to this now yeah but and but i i think uh you know when it's all said and done i think you'll come away probably with some, some like, tracks yeah, that you like good. yeah right it's gonna be probably be one of those albums where i'm like yeah it's not bad at all and it's pretty good yeah for um, sure i hope so at least so yeah that's gonna be mine give you this is I always tough, I know. Do well because I just got into Alex G. Do you know Alex G? I do know Alex G. Yeah, I've listened to uh, yeah, I've listened to his newest album, and I, I have to look at the covers because I'm not really familiar. The one with the dog running down the aisle. Uh no, that's like his most popular one, though, right? Yeah, have you listened to that album? No, I've listened to his like his recent stuff. That's okay. Like that's a, that's I mean essential. I think the song Mary is blowing up on TikTok. Okay, yeah. But no, yeah, I know this guy is uh, pretty popular because I'm getting into it right now and I'm really diving okay. into it. So I think it'd be a good topical. Okay, topic. sweet. Yeah. Kind of almost like how I picked for this week. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Alex G was like something for me that was like um, all like the weird people listen to Alex G. In my yeah, life. which is why I checked it out, because I want to like not be one of those weird people, but have the same music taste as them. So, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and it was kind of one of those things of like anybody that talked to Alex G was like really gatekeeped him too. So okay. I didn't, I mean, like in high school, at least every, everybody that I knew in high school that listened to Alex G really gatekeep that shit and was like really pretentious about it. So I thought mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not going to listen to that shit. They're all those fucking weirdos that like gatekeep their music. Listen, listen, right. to you know, and then, and then my girlfriend loves Alex G and then she's like, oh, you should really give it a chance. I think you would really like it. Yeah. And I've listened to Mary, which is on TikTok and stuff. So you hear mm -hmm. like the ending part. But then I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Like, this is like, yeah, like he's it's like really cool. So I, I had a similar experience um, to that when I like I knew he was kind of one of those like nerd kind of male manipulator artists. And yeah. Uh, yeah, when he dropped his new album in 2022, I saw all those people talking about it. And I'm like, OK, I should stop avoiding this guy. Like, I want to kind of get into this. Mm. You know, but his most is I don't have you heard his 2022 album? Yeah, I listened to some of it. I well, honestly, I, I'll be honest, I didn't like it at all, really. I mean, I, there's a couple songs, I think it turned me off to him. It, 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 it turned me off to him too, and that's why I haven't really gone deeper into him. But, but Trick uh, is his like magnum opus, which album. is what I, I, I knew that when you said the dog running down the aisle yeah. that clicked. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hopefully change my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah. And he's a character that I I'm interested in because I hear stories about him from people because I love I love listening to like music nerds that really love the artists like my girlfriend's one of those people of like who like loves the person just love the music she loves the people that mm -hmm. do it like she loves Alex G to the point where like right. she knows stories that she's like heard on like she right, watched yeah videos on YouTube videos about Alex G right that's not really me probably only for like a couple people at most right but so. it's cool to like know someone like that like I I do that with certain bands like I right know. yeah like it, it's like personal you know like my absolute favorite artist I could say that about so yeah who Cole. Who? Yeah, JD. Yeah, those two for sure. Probably Claro also. Claro. Claro. Yeah. Claro. And then I mean outside of that, like Kenny Mason. Nah, not really. He's a more airplane over the sea. Um 
You Jeff Magnum, I do know a lot about Jeff him. Jeff just Magnum from stories. You're always like, man, have you heard about this? I know a lot about him just purely off of research of like yeah, Reddit. I, I am you very interested in him as a person. You're you're so, on yeah. the Neutral Milk Hotel Reddit, aren't you? Like the top like admin? No. no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I'm not on Reddit at all. So but that's a lie. You you downloaded the EP off of the the Reddit. Yeah. I mean, I I I I can physically go on the website just like anyone can. I don't free. I don't scroll hey, on it frequently. I love Reddit. I, I use Reddit all the time. Ah, I don't like the people on Reddit. Sorry, Reddit people, but yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I'm kind of like get a little social anxiety on Reddit, and it's it's on a computer with no faces. And yeah, I mean, you can you can definitely get get singled out on Reddit. But changing the subject quickly before we yeah. sign off, I have a question for you. Unrelated to potentially a future album, have you heard Nostalgia Ultra by Frank Ocean? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure, because that's going back to saying what I was been listening to over spring break. That was like, I I just was looking at my library, saw it, listened to it, and just got reminded by how awesome that album is. I mean, I'll say I know it's super old and like everyone knows, but like mm-hmm. I'm just making sure that everyone knows, just yeah. to make sure. I'm like, I'm really rocking out to like Cream. Like I love cream. Like, yeah. You know, like I, I think like I really got into their, their first couple out, like their first three albums, which they only have four, but their first three albums are fucking a, one of the best trio albums of all time. Like it's just so good. Their progression of music style, how they, you know, were sick of each other and like all this kind of stuff, but then they rock out and I don't know, their covers are amazing. Like they do yeah. so covers and because they're all blues inspired british guys like they're inspired by like mississippi blues but then they're from britain and they've inspired so much rock and like it's crazy it's just like such great stuff and there's some great lines in their songs that i just get stuck in your head and i love it that's cool eric clapton's the guitarist so you can't really go wrong he's one of the greatest of all time so yeah and there's one if not more j cole lyrics about eric clapton Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's amazing. So, yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, anything else, or are we? Oh, yeah. kind of I'll, give off? Little, I'll, I'll give a little rundown. I'll be like, um, all right, everybody. Uh, you know, stay, stay positive. Stay, you know, stay happy. We, you know, we're hitting a point in the year where it's going to get a little warmer, a little brighter, a little happier. For sure. For sure. Um, uh, seek self help if you ever need it. I recently did that, um, with therapy and you know that kind of thing. And uh, and the you know the days getting longer definitely help with that feeling of like oh great you know it's gonna get better it's gonna get you know happier and all that kind of stuff. And I just want to say that like you know like love people no matter what like i think i think we always you know you may have preconceptions about people like that you don't understand let's say you know this could be anything you could literally pick anything like oh that guy murdered someone or whatever i know that's dramatic but like if you just understand someone's perspective and kind of get along with them you'll be way happier in life because then you won't have that stress upon you you'll be overall a good person and um yeah, I think the world would be a little better if we just kind of understood each other, like on other perspectives and just accepted, you know, within reason everybody and kind of just work together. 
but that's a utopia and theoretically impossible. So yeah. Well, just be good to everybody. Listen to some good music, you know, yeah, like, uh, always just hang out, like go, go hang out with your friends. Cause life is short, dude. Like, but yet it, it could feel so long at times. So those moments where it feels long, like make those moments where time. Yeah, dude. Forever. You know what I always say? You know, I always say, I might've said it before. The days are short, but the years fly by. So yeah. Make the most of it. Um, yeah. Uh, enjoy some sunlight. Now with daylight saving time, we get some sunlight. But yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. I think that, yeah, well said as always. Um, yeah. And said. yeah, thank you for listening. We appreciate uh, it. Follow the pod on Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the ticker scrolling across right there. It's Classic Mix Up Pod on Twitter. Yep. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Wherever Amazon, a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, thanks for uh, being along for the ride, listening all the way through if you made it this far. And, uh, yeah, I guess uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. See you guys. Thanks.